Hey everyone, welcome back to the Love and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Faleda, and it's great to be together again and chat about all things love, sex, dating, marriage, and singleness. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues. And I'm here to take your relationship questions. I've written hundreds of relationship articles across the internet, and my relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaches millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. And that's really what I'm passionate about. So today we're taking a unique look into the topic of communication. If you've heard any relationship advice in your entire life, it probably had something to do with communication. Because communication is the lifeline of a relationship. The health and well-being of your relationships really come down to how you communicate. But unfortunately, communication isn't something you're born knowing how to do. No one masters communication just by chance. Just like anything else in life, it's something that has to be learned and practiced in order to be mastered. Today's caller is struggling with communication. He's having a really hard time expressing his feelings, and he's looking for some direction. I talked to him about four important levels of conversation that you need to know as well. And then after our call, I'm going to talk you through some barriers to communication that you need to be on the lookout for. They're called walls. And no matter who you are, you have walls that you need to recognize and deal with in order to have healthy communication in your life. This is a really important episode, you guys, and I'm so excited to get into it. So let me introduce you to our caller. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to Graham from Virginia. Hey, Graham. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to hear the question that you've got today. Yeah, so my question is basically... I've learned that I have a hard time being able to communicate kind of the real personal thoughts and feelings I have about things. Yeah. And I thought I'd ask how you would go about or how I could go about um, learning to do that better. Yeah, that's a really good question. And something that a lot of people struggle with without even realizing it. So I think you're ahead of the game that you're actually recognizing that communication is a struggle for you. So... What aspect of communication are you really having a hard time expressing? I guess like kind of my feelings on certain things or um, kind of how I'm, I kind of my thoughts and feelings all kind of meshed up into one, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, just like how I kind of think and feel about something, especially when it's something, you know, real personal and, um, you know, feel me. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, for those who are listening who may not have recognized uh, my levels of communication, I'm going to explain a little bit about what the levels of communication are. If you've read Choosing Marriage or True Love Dates, you might have heard me talk about levels of communication. And there's four levels of communication, Graham, that I think are going to be really important for you to keep in the back of your mind. So I want to start with this. So the first level of conversation and communication is the most basic of all levels. It's the facts conversation. A facts conversation is something that you can have with anyone, a stranger, 
the guy next door, your family or friends, because you're talking facts, you know, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? What did you do today? What's on your agenda? It's just the basic facts. So it's not really giving too much of yourself, right? So facts, conversations tend to be easy. The next level, level two conversation is our opinions and ideas. And opinions and ideas are a little bit deeper because they're giving a little bit more of who you are and what you think about things. So now you're not just saying, oh, tomorrow the weather is going to be rainy. You're saying, you know, I don't really enjoy the rain. Here's what I think about the weather. Here's what I think about politics. Here's what I think about this sports team or that sports team. It's a little bit more of who you are. So those conversations, level two, opinion and ideas tend to be a little bit deeper. And then there's level three. Level three conversations are your feelings conversations, your emotions, how you feel about something. Like, for example, you come in from a long day and you're feeling stressed or frustrated. Something really frustrated you and you want to talk about it. Or something embarrassed you and you want to share about it. Or maybe you're excited about something and you want to talk about that excitement and dream about it and and discuss it with somebody. So those are your level three conversations and they're a little bit deeper and harder to have because many people aren't used right. to that type of conversation and interaction with someone else. And then I like to add level four. Level four, in my opinion, is a little bit deeper. It's our faith. Uh, the the deep spiritual things that are going on inside of us, our relationship with God, what God is teaching us, and how we're responding to Him. So, so level four conversation, you know, sometimes level three and level four overlap a little, but if you think about it, level four is as a conversation you're going to have with people who are the most close to you, the most intimate relationships. So in, in thinking through those four levels, you know, relationships should have all four levels at some point, right? Your closest relationships, right. you should be able to have level one, two, three, and, and four. So what level would you say you struggle with if you had to choose one? I'd say level three. Level three, the feelings. Right. And you know what's interesting? It's funny that, that we're, we're starting this episode with a male caller. It's interesting because there's this stereotype that men are not good at communication. And I, you know what's funny? I rebel against that stereotype because I think communication isn't a gender thing, but I really think communication is something that we learn and, and, and some of us, communication comes a little more naturally than others, but I think for most of us, it's something that we learn along the way. So with that, I'd, I'd love to kind of delve into a little, you know, what, what, what kind of family background do you come from when it comes to communication and conversation, especially talking about emotions? Tell me a little bit about what that looked like, you know, with your parents or hearing them talk about feelings or your dad, your mom, your family interactions. How does that usually play out in your family? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess in my case, um, feelings were not ever something we talked about a whole lot. You know, my mom was more of the type to be concerned about feelings than my dad. And uh, not that he was, you know, didn't care about feelings, but it just wasn't really a, it's not really a priority for him, I guess you could say. It's more of a, um, so, and I mean, I've always felt pretty good about being able to talk to him about things like that, but as I'm starting to try to think about things more and go deeper with myself, it's, you know, it gets harder and harder to try to communicate things because 
I, I'm very in touch with what I feel and think about things, but being able to communicate that in a way that under, other people can understand can be hard. Yeah, for sure. And especially if that's not the norm, like you're saying, of what you experienced, because part of communication is, is like I said, learned. And you learn based on what was modeled to you. So when certain things aren't modeled to you, or, or if I'm correct, Graham, um, in our emails back and forth, I know you come from kind of a farming background, right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, just kind of some I've done. We moved here when I was 12. So, yeah. um, and I've, I've got, I'm kind of the farmer in the family. So. That's, that's awesome. And you know, it's interesting. The town we live in right now is kind of a farming community. And it's so interesting to see how certain cultures, farming is one of those areas that I tend to see this in the farming culture and and um, maybe just part of the small town culture. Uh, people aren't really good at sharing and expressing their feelings. And I kind of think in this area where I live, it's kind of the Dutch-German roots as well, you know, where people are just yeah, not comfortable definitely. sharing because it's not what they were taught to do. And um, right. it takes practice. And one thing I like that you re- that you mentioned a few minutes ago, you said that your dad, it's, it's not that he didn't have a range of emotions. It's just he didn't express them like your mom. Because men and women both have quite a range of emotions. I mean, it makes sense. God made us in his image. He made us with a exactly. range of emotions. And when you look at Jesus in scripture, you see the gamut of emotions from joy to worry to fear, to anger. Uh, you see all of the emotions displayed in him. And, and I think we're all made in God's image. So we all have that, that gamut of emotions, that scale of emotion. It's just a matter of learning to bring it forward and, and getting comfortable with communicating. One thing that you can do, I think that's a really good practice, is to journal. Have you ever taken time to do some journaling? Yeah, I've actually gotten into that a lot in the last probably six months. I've really started journaling a lot, and that's been really helpful. Yeah, so journaling your thoughts, your feelings, your ideas and opinions, what God is teaching you, those four levels of conversation, because sometimes in order to express our feelings, we've got to acknowledge them. And sometimes we don't acknowledge them because we don't have the time. We're not putting the effort into it. Like life goes by so fast and it's filled with so many noises from the radio to social media to the internet. It's like there's always something in our ear filling up our time and we don't even have time to sit and think and and be still and just be with our thoughts. So I think journaling is a really great way to start keeping track of what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And then slowly, as yeah, the opportunity that- comes, to start having those interactions with the people who are closest to you. Have you found any issues with communicating um, when it comes to your closest relationships? Any problems or issues that have come up where you feel like you haven't been able to express yourself the way you want to express yourself? Um, maybe a little bit. Like, I haven't necessarily had a, like, I wouldn't necessarily say a big problem, but it's sometimes hard to. Yeah, I guess just communicating clearly what I'm trying to say sometimes or and of course that's both ways too, but yeah. 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 And really what I will encourage you with is this. It comes with practice, lots and lots and lots of practice. And and it makes sense because think about any other discipline. There's so many things in life that we want to do well. And, you know, let's say you wanted to play a sport really well. Well, some people have natural giftings when it comes to sports. Maybe they have a certain build or a certain muscle tone. 
But at the end of the day, what really sets people apart is how much they practice, how much time and effort they put into practicing and honing in this skill. And communication is no different. It's just a matter of practicing. And the good news is you don't have to be dating someone or married to someone to practice. I think sometimes marriage is a crash course and people don't realize how bad they are at communication until they get married. But lucky for you as a single person, I think it's great that you can start practicing communicating on these four levels with the people who are closest to you, your family, your friends, your siblings. And I guarantee as you do that, you're just going to get better and better and better and better along the way. And so one day when you are in a marriage, you're going to have this communication thing down if you start practicing from now. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, thank you, Graham. That was a really good question. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You take care. You too. So today we talked to Graham from Virginia, and Graham came on the show asking about how to communicate better. He was kind of stuck on communicating, especially as it pertained to his feelings, his emotions, and just those deeper parts of who he is. And Graham is definitely not alone in this topic. I think many of us think that we're good communicators until the relationship problems come up or until we get into a relationship and we realize, oh my gosh, I am actually not a good communicator. There are so many issues coming up. I'm not sure how to express myself. I feel misunderstood. And all of those things kind of build up. And and the thing is, communication isn't something that you're taught. Um, usually, you're not taking a course on communication and learning how to communicate in a healthy way before you get into a relationship. And and the other thing about it is we all carry these walls into relationships that actually prevent us from communicating well. We just don't know these walls exist. And in my book, Choosing Marriage, I talk about the different walls that we bring into relationships. But I think part of the problem is we're not even aware of these walls. And so we just continue to build them without realizing that they're keeping people out and they're preventing us from communicating well. So I want to talk to you about a couple walls if you're listening today. And these apply to you whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married. We're going to just talk through some walls that you might have and that you might be bringing into your relationships without even knowing it. And I want you to just think through and recognize if this is something you do and start planning How can I change this wall? How can I do things differently when it comes to this area of my life? The first wall is the wall of isolation. Isolation is basically when we pull away instead of being vulnerable. We put our emotions in a box and we keep them to ourselves. Like I talked with Graham about today, in some families, this is the norm. We sort of, we just pull away. We isolate. We don't feel comfortable expressing what's inside of us, so we just don't. And that's the wall of isolation. And maybe that's how you grew up. Maybe that's something that you're used to and and actually expressing yourself is not the norm. That's something that I think is really important to recognize because some of these things are so ingrained in us that we don't even realize that we're avoiding feelings. The other wall is the wall of denial. Denial is essentially what it sounds like when we fail to take responsibility within 
the context of conflict. And why I say conflict is because most communication issues actually come out in conflict. You usually find out if you're a good communicator or not when there is an argument or tension or a conflict between you and someone else. And if you carry the wall of denial, it means you're not good at taking responsibility for your side of the situation. Rather than take responsibility, you're probably quick to blame the other person or point out their issues or or walk away from an interaction thinking, man, that person is just so messed up, you know, and you don't realize your role in the relationship, your role in the conflict. In any conflict that occurs, there's two people involved and each person has to take their portion of responsibility, whatever that entails. So what's your role here? And do you carry the wall of denial? in your interactions. The wall of withdrawal is the third wall. Withdrawal is the tendency to run away from conflict and issues instead of deal with them. I actually met a couple who literally was on the brink of divorce and they hadn't even had one argument. They were both withdrawers. And, you know, in relationships, they say there's two types of people. There's fighters and there's fleers. And when you think about that, you think, oh yeah, you know, fighters are the ones that just get into all the drama. But really, fleers are the most dangerous because they don't want to take the time to deal with things. They are peacemakers. They do not like confrontation or conflict. And taken to the extreme, that can be a really unhealthy trait because sometimes confrontation is the only way to have healthy communication and to actually share what's going on inside of us. So, do you withdraw? And and what's your tendency with that area? Do you have the wall of withdrawal? The next wall is the wall of displacement. Displacement is when we actually take our negative emotions out on someone who doesn't deserve them. So that's bad communication. For example, you have a rough day at work. You know, your boss is just like hammering you and you come home and you take it out on your wife or you come home and you take it out on your husband or your kids and and you don't recognize where those emotions are coming from. You're not able to recognize, oh, I'm really feeling stressed and communicate that. So instead, you displace those emotions and you just get into conflict or tension with the next person who walks by or the next safe person. And that's the wall of displacement. And choosing marriage, I talk about a time when I did that to John. We have three kids and one day... I was home with all three sick kids. They were all sick. And any of you out there who have kids, especially sick kids, it is like a whining festival. It was brutal. Everybody felt bad. Everybody needed me. There were diaper changes, clothes changes, vomit to clean up. I mean, I won't go into any more detail, but it was a bad day. And so John calls me after work and he was like, you know, like 10 minutes late, which isn't usually a big deal, but I was just like spent at this point. So he calls me and he's like, you know, hey, hon, I probably just made some joke of some sort. I don't know exactly remember, but he said something wrong and I just exploded. I was so grumpy and tense and just, you know, just basically took out the day's frustration on him. And and here's the thing. It we're we're at a point in our relationship now where we can recognize that stuff quickly. It's not that it doesn't happen. Because obviously, here's a relationship counselor telling you that it happens in her own life. So this stuff happens. It's just a matter of learning to recognize it quickly and then dealing with it quickly. So, you know, very soon after he got home, I was able to recognize, man, I'm just taking this out on him. I'm having a really bad day. And then take down the wall of displacement 
and instead communicate, you know, talk to him, express how I was feeling, express what I needed from him in that moment. And that's the key to taking down these walls is recognizing them and then doing the better thing. The next wall is the wall of invalidation. Invalidation is the communication issue when you don't say something that you should. So maybe someone's sharing their heart with you, telling you a story, pointing out something that's important to them. Maybe they did something for you that's really special, but instead of acknowledging it, you don't say anything. It's almost like you ignore the comment or you ignore the the act that they did. For example, your wife spends hours cleaning the house or you spend hours cooking a meal and your spouse comes home and they don't say a word. They don't even act like they've recognized it or seen it. That's invalidation. You don't even have to say anything negative, but sometimes you can. Sometimes you can say, oh, you know, I noticed there's a pile of laundry that wasn't finished today. That's a form of invalidation as well because you're ignoring all the good and focusing on the negative. But invalidation can happen even when you don't say anything at all. So that's something you've got to be really aware of in your personal life. The next wall is the wall of fantasy. And I think when we think fantasy, sometimes we think sexual things, but fantasy doesn't have to be sexual in nature. These days, especially, fantasy can take on so many different forms. But basically, it's any time that we escape rather than deal. We escape from reality. So maybe you're binge-watching Netflix instead of talking when you know you should be communicating with your spouse. Or maybe you get immersed in a book instead of interacting. Or maybe it is sexual in nature. Maybe you're stuck on something like pornography or certain romance novels or or something that is taking you to a, another place, something that's numbing you, alcohol, drugs, whatever it might be, rather than deal with life, rather than deal with the hard conversations. That's the wall of fantasy and it can come in tiny benign ways and it can come in really dangerous ways as well. But at the end of the day, it's a communication issue and an inability to express yourself and what you're feeling and what you need in a healthy way. Then there's the wall of passive aggression. We all know people who are passive aggressive, but basically it's those passive people that don't really like conflict, but then they sort of jab you with certain comments or low blows uh, that that hurt. So, so it's the inability to say what you mean in a respectful way. And instead, you might find yourself saying it in a disrespectful way or holding it into the point where it explodes a little bit later or, or communicating it through negative actions instead of communicating it through your words. For example, you're ticked off about something, but instead of being able to say, hey, you know, that conversation we had really bothered me and I felt like you weren't listening to me and I don't feel heard, rather than saying that, you just go around the house slamming doors or you give someone the cold shoulder, you know, the silent treatment. That is the wall of passive aggression and it's another form of unhealthy communication. Another form of unhealthy communication is the wall of rage. And rage is essentially the opposite of passive aggression. Rage is when we just flip out instead of actually sharing how we feel. We use aggression to communicate instead of dealing with anger in a healthy way. And you may not know this, but they say that underneath anger, there's always, always something else. They say that anger is actually a secondary emotion because underneath anger is usually hurt, frustration, embarrassment, fear, stress, 
something uncomfortable that you're not able to express in a healthy way. Another wall that I didn't actually write about in Choosing Marriage, it's kind of funny because after I wrote Choosing Marriage, John and I were in the car. And I remember saying something to him that was pretty serious and he kind of cracked a joke. And I was like, you know what? Humor is a wall, isn't it? And it was interesting because just a week before that conversation happened in the car, him and I were listening to this comedian do an interview online. And this comedian was getting asked all of these really serious questions, but he just could not answer seriously. Every time the interviewer asked him a serious question, he would just crack a joke and he would make light of it. And I just thought to myself, huh, you know, it's interesting how people use humor. But then, you know, a week later, here we are having a conversation and John cracks a joke. And I, it just clicked to me that for so many people, humor is actually a wall. I think humor is an incredible gift. I actually love how funny my husband is. He is hilarious. And and that's one of the things I just, that first drew me to him to begin with is how funny he is and how he can just make me laugh and make others laugh and has such a great sense of humor. But it's interesting because if you're not careful, humor can definitely be used to avoid certain conversations and it can it can be used to replace healthy communication. So that's something that we've actually been working through ourselves right now is just kind of recognizing when is the proper time for us to joke about stuff and when is the proper time for us to take seriously. Because humor is definitely a wall that people bring into relationships. And and so I ask you to kind of think through this list. Maybe you need to rewind this podcast and just listen to each one, one at a time, and ask yourself, which one of these walls do I have a tendency to bring into relationships? Which one of these walls were modeled to me growing up? What, what did I see in my family of origin? And how does that affect the walls that I bring into relationships? Because if you can't acknowledge these walls, they are going to get in the way of you having healthy relationships and healthy communication. You know, it's interesting when I was wrapping up the chapter about communication in choosing marriage, I was just kind of looking through scripture. And you know, when you've read scripture so many times, but all of a sudden you read it and something just pops out at you, the Holy Spirit's just like, this is for you. Well, I was reading in Psalms and I had just finished up writing the section about the walls. And Psalm 1829 just popped out at me. It said this, With my God, I can scale a wall. And I just love that verse, especially in the context of communication. The walls of isolation and denial and withdrawal, displacement, invalidation, fantasy, passive aggression, rage, and even humor— No matter what walls we bring into relationships, no matter what walls we might be struggling with in our marriage, we're given the opportunity to destroy our walls and erect altars of intimacy instead. Because with our God, you can scale any wall. There is no wall that is too great for you to overcome. And I really believe with practice and understanding that your walls can and will begin to fall and you're going to have healthier communication as you practice these things moving forward. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today, guys. It was so fun to chat with you about love and relationships. And 
One thing I wanted to mention before you took off, when Graham and I were having a conversation before we started recording, he was telling me that one of the things that have really helped him in the process of becoming a better communicator this year uh, is going through the 21 Days to Jumpstart Your Love Life program. Because in that program, there is just some really practical steps. It's 21 days of practical things you need to do that are going to actually help your love life. So every day you get a lesson in your inbox and then every day there's a correlating workbook activity for you to fill out in your workbook and then a homework assignment, something you actually have to do to apply what you learned for that day. So it's 21 days of lessons. And on top of those lessons, you also get a really awesome Facebook group that you get to interact with the other people who are going through the 21 days to jumpstart your love life program. So I really challenge you if you're single and you are struggling with some of these things, I really challenge you to go ahead and look into the 21 Days to Jumpstart Your Love Life program. You can find it at my website, truelovedates.com slash store. If you're looking to go deeper with the content in this podcast, I also invite you to check out Choosing Marriage, specifically the chapter about walls. There's so many other stories and interesting conversations that you will find in there that I think are really going to challenge you and take you to the next level in your communication skills. You can also find in-depth courses and tons of free articles over at my blog, truelovedates.com. I love, love, love connecting with you guys. So please find me on Facebook or Instagram at truelovedates and give me a shout out. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast and want to see it go strong, subscribe and leave us your five-star rating and review. Share it with your friends. It makes all the difference for us in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Faleda, and I have to say... As always, it's so much fun being together, and I can't wait to chat with you guys again next week. Take care. Have a good one. 